several years ago uh, when I first started dating my wife, um, one of the things that she made me do was sit down and watch a documentary called Forks Over Knives. And I don't know if, if you're listening to this listener and you were also someone that watched this documentary or maybe you had interest in it. Uh, I'm going to give a quick maybe 10-second breakdown of what it's about. But basically it uh, is some research that was done by a Cleveland Clinic uh, doctor who discovered that moving to a pure veggie diet could actually help people and improve their health without actually going through a lot of different medications or medical processes. And my wife, who is a vegetarian, sometimes pescatarian, uh, thought that this would be something for me to watch because I love my meat and burgers and I eat uh, certain sweet things whenever I want to. And so it was kind of a way of not only initiating me into the relationship, but also initiating me into maybe having a healthier diet. And she's worked a little bit in that since we got married. And I've, I've kind of compromised in some places. I still have my ice cream. I still have meat and burgers and, and all that other kind of stuff. But the point is, is that within that uh, particular documentary, there was a narrative that was presented to me that plants are better for you. That uh, I think there was a, a scene at the end where the son, I think, of the doctor who started all of this was climbing on a, on a tightrope and he said something to the, ex uh, to the uh, extent of real men eat plants. And, and uh, I thought it was kind of humorous, but at the same time, I thought, okay, it goes, it goes right along with the theme of this entire thing. But I remember watching it and being very challenged by it because I didn't really agree with the narrative. I, my narrative has always been, I like to eat meat, I like to eat certain foods, they make me feel good, I like them, they like me apparently. But this whole concept around going straight vegetarian or just eating certain types of meals and giving, or, or certain types of food and giving up other kinds of food, it, it, was, it was challenging and it was something that I didn't agree with as far as the narrative that was being presented to me. So what does that mean, right? Like, what do we do when we are presented with a narrative that we disagree with? That is going to be the focus of this episode. What do we do when we encounter a narrative that challenges our worldview? And should we do anything about it, really? This is Josh ACL Felto for The Writer's Lens, and these are The Narrative Wars. All right, so just to get this out of the way one more time, no, I did not become a full vegan or vegetarian after my wife and I got married. But I, you know, I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. I am trying to eat healthier once in a while. I go through peaks, I think, peaks and valleys with this sort of thing uh, because I tend to be a bit of a stress eater, I think, too. That's part of my problem. So you got to replace it with something else. That's just bottom line, I think, is what it comes down to. But anyway, uh, what was the point of this episode? Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> So what do we do when we disagree with something, a narrative that has been put before us? Like, what are, what are some things that might stir within us? And I, and I wanted to talk about this specifically because we have so many narratives thrown at us every single day. So many stories, you know, through news media, through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, everyone's trying to tell a story. So here's, a, so here's three. So the first level of this really is that you just disagree with it. You go to bed and you go on with your life. Okay, this is this is the, the bare bones. I, I, you know, in my case, if I would have watched that and said, you know, don't care, doesn't really ping me at all whatsoever, 
I could be a vegetarian tomorrow. I could not be a vegetarian. doesn't matter to me. You know, I go to sleep. No big deal. Well, if you escalate that and you go to the second uh, level of disagreement, then maybe I want to talk to somebody about this. You know, maybe I want to start engaging with people that I trust, some credible sources that I might be able to bounce some ideas off of. You know, really, is this really what it is? Uh, I started doing my research. This is kind of like an exploratory phase of trying to explore a story and find out if it's really what it says it is. Uh, you know, I think back to my own sort of faith journey, if you will, that I've shared a couple of times on this on this podcast. When I was really kind of going after my faith again, I had to do a lot of research and, ex- and exploration. And I know to a lot of people that, you know, if you're not a religious person listening to this, it's okay. You know, I'm just kind of telling you through my personal story that when you're going through something like that, a lot of people think that, you know, becoming a Christian or a Jew or, you know, if you're a, if you're a convert, there's like this holy moment where everything, the stars align, rainbows are in the sky, and all of a sudden you have your hallelujah moment, and now you're, you're a convert forever, right? Like the, the story has changed on you. And yes, that can happen. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to disc, discount that from happening. But there is sort of an exploratory uh, phase of all that, where if you really are being serious about trying to get some information or trying to understand the truth behind something or the meaning behind something, you're going to be exploring it. You're going to be uh, bouncing it off of other people that you think you can trust with this kind of information. And so that's really where I would find myself during a lot of my initial really like going after my faith walk was when I was in this sort of exploratory phase where I was bouncing things off of people. I couldn't just go to sleep at night and wake up the next morning and, and forget all about it. Something was really knocking at my door saying, you have to engage with someone on this. So, so that's the second one. So what's the third then as far as disagreeing with narratives or, or, or on the way to agreeing with them? Well, this is when you're really uh, willing to join the counter-movement of something you disagree with. So what does that look like? Well, it's the call to action. All right, it's whenever we are presented with something and not only do we disagree with it, we actually want to perhaps fight against that narrative. Now, I was not compelled enough to get up that night and say, I think veganism and vegetarianism is is so dumb that I'm actually going to start a pro-meat movement. Okay, first of all, that would have been a really dumb idea especially since I was dating my future wife at the time. Really, really stupid idea <laughs> to do that if I wanted to stay with her, which I did. Uh, but if I felt like this was a lie or I felt like this was some kind of injustice, then I would get up off my butt and I would go get people. I would rally people to my cause to create the counter-narrative to whatever it was that I disagreed with. And people do this for all sorts of reasons. Either something personally had happened to them, or perhaps there's someone close to them that personally they you know they felt attached to. They felt like they should support this person, or maybe it's part of their worldview. Maybe it's something that they think the world ought to behave in a certain way, and so they're going to join that movement because they want it to move in that direction. Okay, religious movements, cultural trends, uh, you know, sort of social movements that happen. People join up with movements all the time. Because they want to see that come to fruition. Now, some people may just join movements because they like the social aspect of it, right? You know, they just want to be part of something. They want to be part of something bigger. And again, that's a, a whole other topic for another for another podcast. But this level of engagement where we're 
actively seeking to be part of sort of the counter movement, I think is super interesting because as a storyteller, bringing this in you know, kind of full circle here on the writer's lens, is what are the most interesting stories you've ever heard? Well, it's usually when you have competing narratives. You have one side that says one thing, and you have another side that says another. And typically, through the eyes of your protagonist, you're going to see both sides. But you're primarily going to see the protagonist's viewpoint of things, because that's the person you're going to relate to. That's the person that you're going to see events unfold through. Uh, now, again, I'm, I'm talking about this from a you know fictional standpoint, or even from a, a non-fiction standpoint. If we were watching a you know a documentary in World War II or you know Vietnam or something like that, but from a fictional standpoint, when I'm writing fiction and I'm writing it through the eyes of my protagonist, there's competing narratives going on. There's the narrative of my main character, and there's the narrative of everybody that he's up against. You're sort of the villain or the the person against them, and in many ways this worldview clash that's going on, every battle that happens between good and evil is a war of worldviews. How are things supposed to be? How are things actually supposed to play out in our lives? Right? That's ultimately what it comes down to with really, really good stories. Right? There's something happening that is that is bad in the world. There's an issue. Okay? And the other side is saying, no, it's not supposed to be that way. We need to fix this. We need to change it. And vice versa. And the other side could say, no, you're wrong. It actually is supposed to be this way. Here's why. All right. Um, and I don't mean to dumb down the concept of good and evil either. Okay. I, I, I do believe there's literally objective good and there's objective evil. But in the context of certain narratives that we hear or stories that are presented to us, these are really clashes of worldview, and really great stories know how to unpack that idea. They know how to explore that idea, take an audience, take a reader, take a, a viewer through the motions of that, and not just through the motions, but really engage in the story so they can come to a good, a good enough conclusion that, hey, one worldview won out, and hopefully it's the side of good, right? Like, we, we all love a good, a good ending that, you know, may end happily, unless you're you know, unless you're someone that is like a Walking Dead or Game of Thrones fan where the ending's just, who knows what's going on right? <laughs> with, the, with the endings there. But, uh, but anyway, um, that, is, that is primarily uh, what we see in great stories, is this clash of worldviews and two narratives that are, that are rubbing up against each other uh, that uh, are, in, are in direct conflict with each other. So, so where would you might find yourself with certain big narratives? I mean, think about certain things that you hear about, things that you engage with. I mean, do you agree or disagree with them? You know, uh, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, our, our national news is never at a, you know in a dry spell of narratives that they're trying to push, <laughs> for good or for bad. Uh, you know, what are there? What ones are out there that you disagree with? What are ones that you agree with? I think these are questions that we have to ask ourselves uh, because there's always something feeding. Our opinions. There's always something feeding our beliefs, and uh, you know, e even when we put up our filters, there's still the opportunity for things to get in and really kind of shape that worldview that we have. And that'll be the topic of my next episode for the Narrative Wars, talking about what actually develops the filters that we have for our worldviews. So uh, stay tuned for that here on the Writer's Lens. But until next time, guys, uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that kind of good stuff that I always ask of you, and I appreciate it. Uh, wholeheartedly so 
Until next time, this is Josh J. Scalfelto for the Writer's Lens. <laughs>